listen to what they say, watch what they do. Except, of course, when it's worthwhile listening to what they say. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Hope everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend. Mine was spent in Seattle covering this baseball team that just never seems to stop collapsing. This most miserable month of May just goes on and on and on. I'm up there covering on one night a franchise record tying seven home runs. Still can't believe I saw it. And then the next two days, nothing. And then yesterday, of course, Giants 14, Pirates 4, beginning the rest of that trip in San Francisco. And throughout all this, what I'm most moved by is that there haven't been moves. There hasn't really been much of anything done by Ben Charrington in the front office. Reliever goes down, bring up Cody Bolton. Well, how'd that work out for you? Your starting shortstop, your biggest impact bat in your lineup goes down. Nothing's done. Even though he might, and that's might, be out for the remainder of the season. We just don't know. We don't know about O'Neill Cruz. What we do know is that this team was 20-8. and eight, And it's now 26-27. and 27. Can you believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can believe this. But can you believe that over the weekend, on his weekly radio show, Charrington blurted out, for no particularly advantageous reason that I can figure out, that the team's inner analytics had not predicted that the Pirates would be where they are right now. Meaning, you know, floating around 500 and hanging around with the Brewers up there for the Central Division first place. That's not what they had forecast. That's not the information that Charrington's employees had gotten to Charrington, and thus one would presume that Charrington was on board with this concept. Meaning that, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Good job, everybody. Way to analyze this. Okay, but if you're the GM and you see that your team is not going to be good enough, according to the experts who you are paying, how do you... How do you not respond to that? See, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with Charrington saying what he did. I'm a reporter. I'd always rather hear what people have to say if they mean it, if they believe it. And I have every reason to believe that Charrington does have faith, A, in his processes, B, in the information that resulted from those processes. The The issue that I have is, where was C? If you have your people telling you, hey, boss, your team's not going to be good enough. Maybe you ought to try to get this, this, or this. Or maybe one of the reasons it's not going to be good enough is because you still have this person or this person or this person in the equation. Or if you believe that you have all the right people... 
then you're saying that you don't believe in the instruction. I don't know of another way to interpret this. I'm not trying to be dramatic here. I don't know of another way to look at an existing roster to say that you feel it could be at such and such level. You feel strongly about, let's throw out a couple of players. Uh, good example, bad example, Rodolfo Castro with his violent splits. Tucapita Marcano with his recent takeoff. Really liked what I've seen from him. Mentioned that to him in Seattle. Ronzi Contreras dropping off. You could do these in a bunch of different directions. That's normal. That's normal. But to have come up with some sort of cumulative call as to how this team was going to fare and then not react to it. That's why I'm focusing on the moves more than the words. There haven't been any. There haven't been any. And I know the common reaction to that is always, well, what would you have had him do? It's April or May or whatever it is. Who makes trades in May? Teams make moves. Teams get aggressive. Teams respond to an urgent situation, regardless of the month. And I'm going to go back to Exhibit A because it's sitting there. It's begging to be brought up in this scenario. And that's watching this team flail offensively day after day after day for the first three weeks of this month, really for the better part of this month overall, and not doing a thing about it, even though you have top-level prospects, specifically Henry Davis, who you know, you absolutely positively know could have come here and helped. The chasm between the minors and the majors isn't nearly as great as baseball people like to pontificate. It just isn't. But that goes double for when you're just talking about one facet. And that's all this would have been. Hey, Henry, we see what you're doing in Altoona. We love it. We, we love the attitude you've shown. We love how you've done everything that we've asked. We also love, by the way, that you're destroying the baseball on a regular basis. Here's the deal. Come up to Pittsburgh. Get us out of this. Help us get out of this. Couple weeks. No promises. No conditions. Don't worry about catching. We've got catchers. We can either put you in right field and hope the ball doesn't get hit there, or we can put you at DH. We can do any number of things. We just want you to come up and hit for a couple weeks. We don't believe it's going to stunt your development or anything ridiculous like that. Come up and help us get out of this. We've got trouble. No, we didn't expect Henry to be in first place. We didn't expect to be off to some historically spectacular start, but here we are, and now we're going to have to adjust, because you know what matters more than anything else in this organization, Henry? The Pittsburgh team. The roster that we've got at PNC Park. That matters the most. And we're in a position now where I feel as GM, I owe it to these guys on the field and to this field manager and to everyone else involved. And oh, by the way, the fans and everyone, you know, who just supports the team, to do my very best to get us out of this. Won't cost us anything. Don't have to give up anything in a trade. No, that's not what happens. That's not what happens. 
goes to Indianapolis, brings up Josh Palacios. Doesn't like some of the glove work. It's short. Goes to Indianapolis, brings up Chris Owings. Watch what they do. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items like lean proteins perfect for muscle building and weight loss. If you're not local, gift cards are also available for your Pittsburgh-based family and friends. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. That's FamilyTablePGH.com. And use the code DK40 or DK40 for 40% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon today for Thursday delivery. Today's J1Q comes from Dave who asks, DK, wasn't it partially due to some pressure from players like Kutch? the 2013 management team actually decided to try and win. Any chance of that happening this year? Yes, that's true. Uh, I wouldn't really put it on Kutch as much as I would on a handful of other guys. I'm not going to be getting into the names in that because these people have told me this, and I'm not going to just go putting them on blast and make them sound like they were, you know, trying to topple the people at the top or whatever. That's... That would be an overstatement. There were some extremely competitive people on those three playoff teams. And again, not the common names. And they weren't the types that were just going to be quiet. Had Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark and everyone else involved up to Bob Nutting not gone ahead and added the way they did. By the way, the additions to this day don't get enough credit. There were some significant pieces that were added. A little older in their careers, but significant nonetheless. But I don't see something like that happening in this setting. I really don't. First off, 20-8 and is now gone. I mean, it's wiped off the face of the earth. It never happened. You can't use 20-8 and to make an argument no matter what. So if you're one of the players who says, hey, we're look at us. We're doing great. No, you're actually not. No, you're actually not. You didn't get any help from above in that context. But, hey, you're still not. 
secondly, you know, when you look at the the makeup of this roster, and you mentioned Kutch, so I'll throw him into this. You've got some guys who are pretty old, like really old, and you've got some that are really, really young. So where is the team? What state is the team in? What's the status? I don't know. What do you do with Jack Sawinski, for example, just evaluating him? He hits a couple homers the other night in Seattle, puts two in the bay yesterday. Is that a superstar or is he what his overall figures say that he is? I don't know. I don't know. This is his first full season in the majors. So there's a lot less certainty that this season has been compared by a lot of people, including inside the organization, to the 2012 team a lot more than to the 2013 team. 2012, they were just kind of starting to figure it out. They gave you some hope on occasion, and at the end, it wasn't anywhere near enough. 2013, things really took off. And you know what? To swing back to what I was talking about in the opening segment, maybe they're right. Maybe all of Charrington's analytics people are right. Maybe Charrington's right. Maybe I'm the weirdo here. Maybe I'm the one who looks at, you know, competing in a lousy division. I mean, can we all agree on that much? Brewers are two games over 500 and running away with the thing. (laughs) Maybe I'm the one who shouldn't even be thinking about anything significant this season. You know, maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I'm looking at not having won a division title since 1992. That's something that none of those three playoff teams from 2013 to 15 accomplished, thanks to the Cardinals. And maybe I'm wrong to think that winning a division in 2023 would represent a nice and healthy step for the franchise, both internally and externally. Maybe I'm, you know, just grabbing onto that component and not letting it go. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. The people running the team don't think it's good enough. They've now told you this. Beyond that, on the field, they're showing you this. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 